Hello, we are Emma White and David J. Lilly. And we're both jewellery designer makers who spend every day surrounded by shiny things. We're both passionate about jewellery and love learning all we can about jewellery making and sharing what we've learned with you right here. Perhaps you're a jewellery lover or a creative type or you spend your days at the bench like we do. Whichever it is, we hope you'll enjoy our sparkly chit-chat, our silly stories, and our thoughts on living a creative and slightly dusty life. With a few laughs along the way. You can find our podcasts on all your favourite apps, including, of course, the biggies, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. So if you want to know who we are and share our passion for all that glitters, then stay with us for the next 30-ish minutes. This is Emma and David with Little Gems on Jewellery and Life. Good morning, Emma. How are you? Good morning, David. I'm great. How are you today? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Oh, oh, oh. shall we talk about the carnage that was <laughs> the semi-final? You seem to be referring to all of the glitters of the carnage far too often. I think it was a very calm experience throughout. Is it really for you? Are you all zen and it was just me that was laid on the floor at the end? No, I just looked like I was zen. It was very much, you know, a swan on water. What you saw was the gliding and what you didn't see was the paddling underneath. So. Whereas all my paddling was out there for everyone to see. That's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, it was good fun though, wasn't it? I had such a blast. It was. Definitely. It's really good fun. Mm. Shall we talk about um, the challenges? Yes, the yes. first challenge, the bestseller. The bestseller. So the brief was to make a pair of mismatched earrings. Yep. And we were each given um, a selection of stones. They were the same type of stone each, but with, in different sizes. That's right. And we had different stones as well, didn't we? Yes. So I had lapis and what did you have, David? I had Labradorite. Oh, okay. That always blows my mind because we say that differently and I have to do what? a mental adjust. I think it must be a Scottish thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's our slight language barrier kicks in there. Absolutely, absolutely. yes. <laughs> the north of divide. So the brief was to make something um, mismatched earrings, but that's still kind of connected to each other. Tell me a little bit about what you decided to make. I was slightly fearful of this challenge because, again, we were using nine carat gold, which I hadn't used before. Mm. And my experience of nine carat gold was that it's horrible in that yes. it's very hard. It yes. doesn't like to be pliable in any way, shape or form. No. Nope. Um, <laughs> and it breaks down into its constituent metals very easily. So I thought, well, I need to find a way of creating a pair of earrings that Place to my strengths design-wise and get to be past the fear of making a big cock-up of the metalwork. As you know, and some of the listeners know, uh, I also do a bit of lapidary in that, mm -hmm. you know, I cut and polish stones. Yes. So that, right, I know what gems I'm being given. I know what size they are. I know what the gem is. I'm going to experiment with these with some ones that I can make myself. So I cut some pieces into roughly the shape and size that uh, I knew I was going to get. And mm -hmm. I thought, I'm going to drill them so I can hang them on a wire rather wow. than having to put something through them. Now, yeah, it is a bit wow because really the brave. Bradley, right, well, it's a bit daft in my brain. <laughs> brave, daft, meh. <laughs> yeah, two, two sides of the same coin, I think. Exactly so. <laughs> mm. So... Labradorite has lots of fissures in it, which gives it 
its kind of chatons in the way that it reflects light within the gem itself. But that also means there's lots of fault lines in it. Yes. So if you try and do too much with it, it can split. And if it's a fairly soft piece, even though you're just cabochoning it, mm-hmm. if you're not careful, it can break into you know, pieces rather than remain as one. Yeah. So drilling it was um, ambitious. Yeah, ambitious. It was. Let's say ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I thought, let's give it a go. Let's see if I can do it. And let's see how, you know, whether it's something that's likely to work on TV. Because let's face it, when we get to on TV, what we did in the studio doesn't always work. So I cut some pieces and I tried drilling them and I used really, really fine diamond covered drills. Had them in a water bath so it keeps the drill bit lubricated, keeps the whole thing cool and it worked. You bloody nailed it, mate. You absolutely nailed that. Thank you. I was really pleased. Yeah. Because what what it enabled me to do is not only drill a hole but in the, the front and the back I could then drill a little dip into mm-hmm. it so that my then blob of gold could sit <clears throat> into the gem as well so rather than it sitting completely kind of proud of it because i don't know if you recall Mm -hmm. um one of sean's comments was that he felt it might look a bit too kind of blobby the whole thing but i already thought about that on the design stage so that it it didn't you know protrude enormously and and look look some like little carbuncles on the side of this piece of labradorac so i did that that worked out fine really pleased with that Worked out how to hold it, worked out how to ensure I had the holes in the right place. And then I thought, right, how am I going to set the little diamonds? I'd like to set the diamonds as well. I hadn't done a lot of diamond setting or tiny gem setting at this point at all. Uh One thing that I remembered was what Tamara did on series one in that she set quite a large diamond Mm. into gold by actually heating up the gold and putting it around it. She's a brave lady too. She was. And I thought, well, I'm not sure. Yeah. Not sure whether I can do that with whatever size gems they were, like two mil or one and a half or something, because I'm not sure if I can hold them. But what if I put the little diamond in a dip in some charcoal, melt the gold on top, and then force it over it? Now, being being the cheapskate that I am, I thought I'm not going to buy gold to practice this with, because let's face Uh it, you know, gold is not exactly cheap. It's ridiculous at the moment. It's absolutely ridiculously expensive. Yeah, I think even nine carat gold is about £27 a gram at the moment. Mm. And each of those little blobs weighed about two grams. So that's £50 worth of gold just for a a blob. blob. (laughs) Yes. So I thought, I'll just practice with silver. So I practiced with silver and practiced it, and it eventually it worked. It absolutely worked perfectly. Well, it so works I knew what a, doesn't always work in gold, my friend. No, don't tell me. Yeah. I know. I discovered that when I was on the show. That's him. <laughs> that was a nuisance. So anyway, so when it got to the show, you know, I was doing what I had done in silver, and the sodding little diamonds just wouldn't go deep enough into the gold. Oh, man. And eventually I got three of them in. One of them actually was perfectly in, and the other two, as Sean mentioned, were sitting a little too proud. They weren't completely caught yeah, by the gold. Yeah, you've got gold. to so, gold, haven't you, with the, with the metal. That's the key thing. Yeah, yeah. they weren't in as far as I would have wished them to have been. Yeah. But I, it got to a point where I thought, well, you know, I can go so far and that's it. The design concept of this was that I wanted to emulate the large kind of pear teardrop shape on both earrings. So right. they tied together because obviously yeah. I had this kind of long hexagon and I had a pear shape, which were you know very different shapes. 
So I took the gold, I took the shape of the pear shape, put that into both pieces. And so the drop earring mm -hmm. had the big drop of the labradorite. It had a slightly bigger drop of the gold swinging above it and then the hexagon in front of it. And the stud was a smaller piece of gold, but again, in the shape of the pear drop behind yeah. the, hex the hexagon gem. Nice. So, and again, I did it so that each piece could be removed. So yeah. you could have them simply as little hexagon earrings if you wanted one as a stud one as a drop but uh -huh. it dropping in the ear so it's hanging virtually at the same place yeah. or you know you could add the gold in take the gold out you yeah. could really kind of mismatch as much or as little as you wanted with the yes. earrings i really like that idea that's really cool thank you and i thought let, let's do something different because i'm not the I, i'm not a fine jeweler um let's play to the strengths that I have. And so it's around the design and it's around, you know, what I can do with my skills to make this yeah. different from yeah. what the rest of you are doing. Yeah, lovely. So that was mine. Cool. What about yours? So the starting point for it was about my creative journey because I think at, the, at this point in the competition, I sort of had, had recognised the gift that being on All the Glitters gave me was space to design again, which yeah. I don't feel as if I had taken or had or been able to take or whatever for quite some time. Right. Because it's, it's almost like doing your degree show, but like in six weeks. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that's mm -hmm. that's kind of how it, how it felt to me, you know, that sort of the whole creative journey of it and just taking that step back and actually thinking about, you know, what you really want to put out and who you really are and... Um, where your design aesthetics lie and all of those things. And that at that point was literally kind of blowing my mind. From from that came my design. And then there was other things that started to occur to me as well. So, But in essence, there was kind of, I had these lapis, so they were blue. So there was kind of connotations around kind of, um, you know, the brain being blue and these kind of like blue sky thinking, you know, thinking like having your head in the clouds. Mm -hmm. Then there was also, there was an element of, there was kind of a little bit of a mental health angle as well, which didn't really make the show, which was about, I spend quite a lot of my time feeling very overwhelmed because I just feel as if I have, and, and as many people do, there was kind of that sort of like, how do you kind of, how your thought pattern works, how your brain works from both a negative point of view and a positive point of view. So so that big blurge of words that I just threw at you was what my hearing was about. So that was the, the one side. Now the other side was kind of like, um, there were a bit of a before and after thing going on as well. Mm -hmm. so or should I say a before and a during thing really so okay. I went with I had these really beautiful beautiful kite shaped stones they were stunning and I really wanted to work with them obviously that wasn't going to work for the brain so I went with the oval one for the brain I went for the kite shaped one and um, for the stud and that was kind of like a bit of a kind of reference to kind of that spiky edgy feeling very tense not really being allowed to expand into your own creativity so that was the that was a connotation. I would have liked to have done more on that side. I literally, right. I did try. I didn't have enough metal to, to push that a bit further or enough time. So I kind of knocked back and simplified my design a little bit before I went in. So yeah, so that's that's the concept behind my piece. Always a story. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. I think that's too lovely. much, don't I? 
<laughs> it's been said before. It'll be said yeah. again. I overthink everything. Um, well, as designers, I think we tend to anyway, yes. especially you know when we're wanting to express something that's deeply held within us. Yeah. And sometimes just to actually man- manage to hone that down to one or two things amongst the myriad of ideas that we have yeah. around a single concept is really difficult. Yeah, it is. But I, I mean, it didn't go down massively well, my design, but I liked it. But then I seem yeah. to say that, you know, <laughs> fairly regularly. But I guess that's the process, isn't it? It's like if you've actually like thought through your design and you you think it, and, and having criticism is always a really good thing. I think it's really good to to get criticism, and you know, and it's and it's what you do with that and how you learn from it. And sometimes even it's that you you think about it and think, oh, I could have done this a bit better, I could have done that a bit better. And other times you think, oh. Yeah, but I still like it. So, you know, I still like it. I think that's, for, for me, the difference between, I mean, the words are everything, and it's not criticism that I'm after, it's critique. Because yes. I'm not after someone's personal view in this arena. I'm mm-hmm. after their professional view. You know, what's wrong with it? What have right. could have been technically better? Now, if they liked it or li- or didn't like it is not as much of interest to me because we all like and dislike certain things. That's true. But, you know, if they can give me pointers of where I could done could have done things better uh-huh. you know like like Sean said you know the diamonds weren't in far enough you know that's yeah. an interesting critique that I can learn from if I wasn't uh-huh. aware of that but <clears throat> yes, where, totally. where, where Dinny said I could have spent it I could have made it more finished that is actually not useful because what does finished mean to her compared to finished mean to me because as far as I was concerned it was finished to where I wanted it to be. Yeah, I guess that's part of, you know, it's part of the process, isn't it, that we go through. And I think that, for me, is what all the glitters is about. It's a way for me to learn to do things I hadn't done before and then learn how to do them better than I actually did them. Yeah. So do you prefer your criticism then to be more technical-based? No, it can be anything other than a, a personal opinion because a personal right. opinion I don't mind having a personal value. opinion. I, I don't mind having a personal opinion, but I think for me it's like when it when it is a very personal opinion, I sort of almost listen with different ears. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? So I yes. still quite like to know like I like it or I don't like it or this speaks to me or that doesn't or that doesn't or whatever. Because you know, for every every decision that I make in terms of design is considered. I don't ever just like bang things in this way or that way. Like everything is thought about yeah. from start to finish. And obviously, you know, if it's not coming over what you're trying to portray or, you know, or it's vague to them, even though it feels clear to me, then I I am definitely up for hearing that. Um, but I think, I think that's very true. I think, yes, if they don't understand your concept, then it's a really great opportunity to, to, to talk about that concept yeah. and, to, and to get them to understand. Now, obviously, in the All the Glitters arena, we didn't have that opportunity because that's not what it's about. Now, uh-huh. in other arenas, when I have that opportunity, I love having that conversation. I know, but we both like to talk, don't we, David? <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm quite a spouse. What do you mean? We are both gabbers, mate. We are gabbers. Yeah, I know. It's terrible, isn't it? I thought it was a really interesting challenge. It was. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. And, of course, became, you know, third equal slash bottom equal. (laughs) 
on the plates. I couldn't quite yeah. decide which way to take it. I was like, oh, well, are we are we both crap or? <laughs> so are we just not quite as good as Jack or, or Piers or whichever way around it was Piers, I think, yeah. Who knows, who knows? Anyway, Fun. onwards. Onward. So the bespoke challenge was mismatched cufflinks. Indeed. Um, who were commissioned for Enoch by his lovely daughter, who were clearly mm-hmm. very close, which was really sweet. He was an incredible chap, is he, he not? He, mm-hmm. He's not dead, sorry. But let's speak about him in the present tense. He is an incredible chap. He'd been nominated for an award for being a hero in the um, Pride of Britain Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, he was massively into theatre and yep. film and um, skiing was a huge mm-hmm. hobby and something that he did with his daughter. And then the brief was to make a pair of mismatched cufflinks that Enoch would wear to an award ceremony where he was being given this award for bravery. And mm-hmm. we had to use um, gold and set our cufflinks with diamonds. Diamonds. Yep. And also the other key thing, which I'm not sure actually came over in the show, but was quite a time eater, was that we had to make our cufflinks from scratch yeah we had to make the backs oh man now i had never done that before neither did i no, because in real life spoiler alert you just buy them mm-hmm. i quite enjoyed that challenge i learned a lot i made tube yes you did didn't you tube i think i was the only person that made tube was i you were you were you so, I, I, so i did i made tube i drew my tube down in the draw bench and mm-hmm. soldered on the little caps and filed them down. And then you've got to like drill them through and you've got to get them right because if they're not straight, they don't turn. So quite the technical challenge. Before we get into the technical bit, let's just say what we actually made. Um, do you mm. want to do you want to start? Yes. Yeah, so mine were um, a pair of skis set as a kind of kiss from his daughter to him. So I had real pain making those in that it, it was, <laughs> It was going fine um, in that they had gold on one le- on one layer and silver on another. And the silver was thicker and the gold was thinner. And I had soldered the two sheets together. I'd cut them out. I'd shaped them. I'd filed them. They had soldered beautifully. And then I set them as the cross or the kiss to solder together. And I didn't think to pin them in place. Uh, and as they were soldering, they slid completely oh, over one another. Yeah, they grabbed each other. That's they what they do, don't other. they? They move yep. and they like, yeah. Ah, oh, and, I, and I, and so I then had to unsolder them. them. So I managed to unsolder them, and then, <laughs> and because nine carat gold is virtually the same color as silver for me, yeah. I found it really difficult to discover which where. The, no. Not that different, to be fair. Colors, even to me, and I'm not colorblind. And then I managed to get them back together, <clears throat> and what didn't come out was the show. Sean picked up in the soldering at that point wasn't as good because the solder had all moved between all the layers and yeah it was a mess it was a mess but anyway you know they got together so that was the first bummer so what was your other design then for the other cufflinks so you had one that was the skis that were crossed where you had some technical issues but then your other one was other one was was a film reel oh nice okay a reel with the film coiled inside it so the gold was the film coiled inside and then the two rails on top. And then obviously I had a diamond in the center of that one as I had a diamond in the center of the of the kiss. Right. Also, I had a pain with that one in that because I, I had cast my little um, toggles on the back of the cufflinks and I had cast, cast right. hexagons and I was then going to drill through them so I could put them in the, in the staple. 
and like Jack, mm-hmm. the drill bit broke. Oh, drilling something that thick is really tricky, and isn't it? And I couldn't get it out at all. I no. couldn't get it out. Oh, no! Yeah. So in the end, I had to drill two holes, one from either side on another on another face, which because I couldn't drill all the way through. Oh. I then... No. I then had to fill the original drill hole with silver with solder. and solder to yep. make it disappear. Uh-huh. So inside the back, there was a little bit of steel stuck inside. <laughs> and that's why. That's quite cool. Well, I, I couldn't think of any other way around it. And that's why when Dinny was spinning it, it wasn't as tight as it could have been. Because you couldn't tighten it because the two pieces of wire were joined. Yeah. So I couldn't get it as tight as... As, oh as it should have been. But that was my only way around oh, it. So I annoying. had these two real yeah. problems that, that came off. And then at the last yeah. minute when I was setting the diamond in that, I managed to scratch the top. And I polished and polished and polished, and I just couldn't polish that scratch out completely. When I'm looking back through the episodes, episode one, episode three, and episode five were not my episodes. Episode two and episode four were absolutely the ones mm-hmm. in which I shone. So clearly I should have been in episode six because I would have shone so well in that one too. Because <laughs> you were doing every yeah, hour. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like night sleep when you have a baby. Uh-huh. You have a crap one and then a good one and then a crap one and yeah. then a good one. Anyway, that's another discussion. Indeed. Anyway, uh, tell me well, about your cufflinks. Yeah. So the designs behind my cufflinks, one of them was um, a little street scene yep. with Enoch at the centre on the Golden Mile. Mm-hmm. So the gold formed the street yes. at the bottom. Both my cufflinks were kind of oval mm. shaped. So that was the sort of thing that kind of brought them together. And then I pierced out these kind of little shadowy figures in the background and looked at various kind of pieces of figurative art. I I, I do actually paint as well. So I don't do it very often because I don't have a lot of time, but my, and my paintings are all figurative. Right. So that was kind of the, the, the way I went down with that one. And then it was an, it was a nighttime scene. And so the diamonds, I put them... I I star set them in the sky. So I think, I can't remember how many I put in. Did I do three, five? They were the quickest star settings I've ever done in my life. (laughs) I'm sure they probably could have been better executed, but they were not bad. So that was fine. It reminded me of a Lowry painting. Yes, Lowry was one of the artists I looked at. I looked at quite a few bits. The other one, I actually carved a little mountain scene yep. in wax and that I went back to Delft Clay Casting. Mm-hmm. But this time, I thought I'd push the boundaries a little more. I thought would molten set my diamonds in. So I put the diamonds in the peaks of the mountain. Yes. So they were like diamond topped. Yeah. So it was almost like a little bit of snow on the top, but there were mm. diamonds. And then pour your metal in and you hope, like you did with yours, yep. that you've got enough metal over the lip. So, and that, at first glance, it went pretty well. And I actually set four diamonds in there, which in retrospect, probably should have just done the two because I gave myself kind of too much right. to do. The time frame for this challenge, I don't know if you felt the same. It was, it was. Oh, it, there just it was clearly wasn't like... enough time. We could have done with another hour or two hours. Everybody was the same, but I suppose it was done for drama because it was carnage, that episode. And it came out and they were in and I was dead chuffed. One of them then popped out and I actually soldered it back in, which was something I had literally never done. And it worked. Like not even in practice. Never done and it worked. And I was like, yes, get in. And it was actually our mate Jack that said, you can solder diamonds in, you know. And I was like, can you? I was like, okay, I'll give that a go. So I just went into that challenge thinking, you know what, I'm just going to go for broke. I'm going to have a ball and I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for Mm -hmm. it. And you can call it brave or you can call it stupid or you can call it ambitious. I don't quite know what it was. I think I was sort of existing on some other plane at that point. Yeah, that worked pretty well, apart from that wee diamond fell out. Even though the time was ridiculously tight, I was just about 
done. I would have liked a bit more time and I was just riveting in my back of my cufflink and then the bloody cufflink back. Oh God, yes. And we had one minute, one minute to go in that challenge and I just thought, shit. I think I said, oh no, on the film, which was remarkably restrained (laughs) because it wasn't the word that was in my head, pal. I'll tell you that now. So anyway, and Catherine, bless her, I could see she was horrified. Mm. She was right next to me and she was just like, oh my God. (laughs) 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 She's done it again. (laughs) And it was, I mean, no kidding. I mean, some of my students have said, was it really just a minute? I'm like, I swear blind, it was a minute. I mean, I could have just thrown the towel in at that stage, I guess, but I was just like, no, I think I shouted out actually at one point. I said, "Oh, that's it, boys. Don't worry. I'll be t- I'll be the one taking the hit this week or something." Because I just thought, "Oh, that's it. I'm out." She was like, "Can you fix it?" Catherine said to me, "Can you fix it?" And I thought, "I'm going to give it a bloody good yeah. try." So I literally soldered it on with a minute to spare. Mm-hmm. Couldn't quench it because I had those diamonds yeah. cast in place. When I reheated it, unfortunately, I lost one of the little diamonds <laughs> from the front, which was annoying because obviously I'd just, if I'd been at home, I probably would have just gone over that and just like, I would have set it as well. Sure. Do you know what yes. I mean? I would have pushed some metal over the edge and I would have made it, I would have made sure it was in, but I didn't have the luxury of that time. But I got the back back on. Literally, everyone was putting their stuff in the plinth and I'm still soldering. So I'm soldering this thing. I can't quench it because the diamonds were in there to shattered. So I and I couldn't touch it. I went to pick it up. I was like, nope, can't be touch, can't be picking mm. that up. They're going to get it on the plinth. So I ran across the workshop with this hot piece in my tweezers. Nice. Put it down with the other one. The other one was finished, so at least like some of it was finished. And I put it down on the plinth, and it was so hot it actually melted into the plinth. <laughs> 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 And I sort of put it on and then put the other one on and then went to adjust them and it wouldn't move. And I was like, shit, stuck. <laughs> Cheap velvet. <laughs> I know. So I was like, oh dear. <laughs> and that was why I fell on the floor right. laughing. Okay. Because I just was like, oh, this is just ridiculous. Like, this is a ridiculous situation yeah. to be in. But such fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it. And, it, and in some ways... I think I said at the time, this is the most stressful experience of my life. And, you know, it it probably was. But I think I went outside and I just thought, you know what? I really enjoyed that. That was a crazy ride, but it was really good. Good. So that is the semi-final done. And obviously, I won't be joining anybody in the final. Did you see my face when you went? I I was so devastated. That was lovely. I mean, it it would have been wonderful, you know, if, if the two of us had been in there with one of the boys. But, you know, yeah. it wasn't to be. And then, you know, I never expected to get to the semi-final. I only thought, well, my my goal was episode two. I just didn't want to be the first person out. And every week when I suddenly mm. was getting through again, I was completely mind-boggled by the fact that I was still going through. But I knew in episode four that I'd done well, obviously, because my disco Dalek went down so well. Yeah, that was yeah. great. Yeah, and as I said earlier, I think episode two with the lion and episode four with the Dalek were definitely my finest hours in the show but it was such a great thing to do and I'm so so pleased that I you know put myself forward to see if I could get on it and I would thoroughly recommend it to anybody been such a fun experience great to take Mm, part and you're still going in it oh but I mean you you produce some amazing some amazing work thank you you know and I think as well your style your own personal style kind of came through yes as well every week which you know yeah definitely which speaks to to your design route thank you Thank you. Anyway, let's not dwell on that. Let's talk about, well, should we do technique first? Technique of the week. 
we're going to talk a little bit about some of the settings yeah, just techniques that we use through should we talk about the, the two yeah. settings that were used in the cufflinks or in this, yeah, not the sure. of the cufflinks, sorry, in this episode. So for the for the earrings, I bezel set both of mine. Yep. The the setting of the kite-shaped stone was the more challenging mm-hmm, one. Definitely. It had to be exactly the right size, exactly the right shape. And it was. It was nice and neat. I struggled a bit to get it tight onto the metal. That nine-carat gold, I don't really like it. No, I don't it. like nine-carat gold either. It's horrible to use. The, and mine was white, so it was like, why can't it just be silver? Mm-hmm. I'd practiced in silver, and it was fine the nine carat gold i struggled to get it over a bit but um and i was a bit i got a bit fearful of putting a hammer on it yeah. you know and using like a punch and a hammer at the same time i was like if i crack that stone you know i'm screwed mm. so i thought i'd rather go with a slightly rattly setting than a broken yeah. stone so yeah i kind of just backed off that final push a little bit maybe i shouldn't have done that's what I, that was the technique i used in the earrings what techniques did you use in your so, earrings your multi-setting? So my multi-setting in the earrings which i know can work yeah. um it just didn't like working on tv in nine carat gold <laughs> <laughs> well not three times it worked once but, but it wouldn't work to yeah. twice and third and if i'd had more time i probably could have got it to but you know. yeah, you could have shoved it down, couldn't you? Once it was molten, just like shove yeah. it. So yeah, so interesting. And then I did um, use some a molten casting technique, the cast in place stones yep. um, cufflink challenge. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's terrific, but it is one of those techniques that once once you've kind of dug it out the mold, you have to have a look at it and probably kind of set it on top again just to make sure that they're in. Yeah. But that just uh, I just didn't have the luxury of that time. No. Yeah. Um, and the other one that I did was the star setting. Yes. It's a really nice technique. I really like star mm. settings. I think they're beautiful. I don't do loads of like that that type of setting where you you know where you make grains and stuff. They are in the right in the right place. They're lovely. I mean, yeah. For me, I just did a rub over. So just just mm-hmm. setting the gems into uh, a drilled out hole that's the size, and then burrowing yeah. that so that the, the gem sits nicely in it, and just rubbing around the edge until you've pushed yeah. a little bit of the metal over the edge of the gem to hold it in place. Um, so so yeah. that was my setting. So that was setting yeah. techniques of the week. Yeah, yeah. So do you want to tell me who you're recommending on your Instagram recommendation of the day? Yeah, it is a friend of mine who is an amazing rug designer, and that is Helen Yardley, and her Instagram feed is Helen Yardley Studio. Uh, And she designs bespoke handmade interior textiles for walls and floors. I've known Helen since, oh gosh, probably about 2016, 17, something like that when she mm-hmm. came to learn how to make Dal de Vere stained glass with me because it was something she was fascinated oh, in. And nice. we've just stayed in touch ever since and we kind of meet up in London uh, in her studio, which is near London Bridge Station. Invariably, when I go up to London, I have the time. And she has got a solo show on, which starts this weekend coming. So that is the 1st of October. And that is at the Ruthin Art Centre in North Wales. And it's a retrospective of lots of her work and new works, rugs, um, blankets, shawls. Uh, It's going to be a lot of stuff there. And she will also be wearing some of my jewellery for the private view as well. So that will be lovely. So Helen Yardley Studio, look Helen up on Instagram. Um, Her work is stunning. Very much akin to my jewelry aesthetic in that it's um you can see that it has a nod to the mid-century modern 
that uh, absolutely lovely very bright vibrant colors she's a lover of orange nice. so that always goes down well in my mind what color is orange in your well, world, it, is it still it's orange? orange is usually orange <laughs> but then green can be orange as well remember if you have freckles you have orange spots but, uh, okay yeah. yes i have some orange there you spots go then. i have actual spots yeah. too anyway, um, who's yours? right so who's mine? mine is um a jewelry illustration school called draw me a jewel oh, okay so this is kind of on my list of things to yep. do because as i've said i do love to paint but my paintings are are quite kind of big and expressive mm. and this is more about how to do more of that kind of quite traditional rendering of jewelry and gouache and stuff which i do actually do but i'm sure i could do it better so i would love to do these uh, this course yeah. so it's they, what they do is um on their feed they have lots of really beautiful paintings of jewelry and they run online training courses in jewelry painting so if that's something that interests you Go and have a little look. It's something that I've always been interested in, but being colourblind, I'm fearful of doing, in that am I going to paint these things the right colour? And I've got to show someone something that looks like an amethyst, what what I'm trying to sell them as a sapphire. (laughs) Does it matter? I would say, I don't know. You could probably scan them in and get someone to adjust the colours. Probably, probably, yeah. Yeah, just I think it. I think they're just they're really lovely. It's something I've been exploring a little bit just myself in my studio. Then we're done. Fab. I think we are. What are you off to now? Where are you going? What are so, you doing? So um, I am going to do my accountability buddying, which is Ooh, I do good. on a Monday and a Friday with my friend Joe, who's a sculptor. I will um, talk mm-hmm. about her at some future podcast. Um, so that's what I should be doing. And okay. then I've got to get to the studio and get some work done. What about you? I have got uh, I've got an interview with a new this, so that's quite exciting. Absolutely. I know. Oh, guess I was on the cover of Yorkshire Post. I know you were. That was really Cool. Oh my, did you see it on my social I media? I did, I did. I couldn't miss it. Oh, <laughs> 46 in the cover girl. Brilliant. So well yeah, I was dead excited. So they came along and did, I did a lovely interview and we had a photo shoot, um, but I didn't know what was going on the cover. So that was amazing. So that Brilliant. can go down in the, that one can go down in the, um, the memory yeah. banks. Cool. All right. Well, I will see you soon and we can talk about the final of all the glitters. I know. Are you going to watch? Of course. And whose team are you on, David? No pressure. Your team, of course. <laughs> you have to say that. All right, Sunshine, I'll speak to you soon. Will do. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and come back to us in another couple of weeks for the next one. In the meantime, also thanks to Alfie Amadeus for the amazing track of Topi, which has our theme music. See you soon. Bye-bye.